Lose or draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week to look back on a very successful weekend, Rhys Haldane. Rhys, how are you? I'm very well, thanks, Matt. Um, I'm happy to be back on the pod, and and what better way than to to come and discuss uh, an old timer of an away day? So yeah, really looking forward to it. Jamie McDonald's here. Jamie, how are you? Yeah, I'm good as well, and I'm looking forward to talking about this game. It was a, I'll say, I brought one of the best away days in the league, and it's great to get a win up there. David Forrest is here. David, are you well? Very well. A great weekend. Great win on Saturday. A bit of history on Sunday. Yep, fantastic. And rounding off our panel, joining us for the first five, ten minutes or so, Tom Hosey. Tom, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. A thoroughly enjoyable weekend. Two Thistle victories. Can't ask for much more than that. And as I'm sure we'll talk about very shortly, Sunday was a very special day for Hill. Absolutely. We, we normally do things chronologically, but it was a special occasion on Sunday. So we're going to start with, with looking at the women's team. And Tom, I'll, I'll come to you first. How big was it for the women to, to play it for? How, how big an occasion was that? How much work went into it? And how successful do you think it was on the day? Well, to ask, answer your, your last question first, I mean, I think it was hugely successful. Being a Thistle fan, there's always this nagging thing at the back of your mind. You're going to build this up to be a big occasion. And are the team going to fall flat? Because we've seen that so many times with the men's team. And it was anything but that. The girls were absolutely superb. I thought they might have been a wee bit nervous at the start, maybe playing the you know, the, the big stadium. But I thought once they settled into it, they were absolutely superb. So from a purely footballing point of view, massive success. Off the pitch, huge success as well. I mean, when you think about... When they started off, the only people that would be going to watch them almost exclusively would be friends and family, numbered in their dozens, if that. And then on Sunday, we had just under a 1,000 people inside for Hill. That is remarkable. I'm trying to think what the equivalent would be in the men's side. Would they be suddenly going from 3,000 one week to 10,000 the next week? It must be something along that, that kind of region. So to see so many people there was brilliant. The feedback from what we can see on social media is absolutely brilliant. Everyone's had a fantastic time, which is brilliant. And I guess long term, the sign whether it's been successful would be whether those numbers translate over to to Peters Hill Park. We're obviously not going to get 874 when we play Montrose on Sunday, but you know, even another 50 or 60 would make such a difference. Pete's quite quite an intimate venue, so you've got an extra 50 or 60 bodies in that wee stand at Peter's Hill, it would make such a tremendous difference. In terms of all the hard work, I mean, it's Craig Walker's the one you really need to speak to about that. I mean, Craig put in such a phenomenal amount of work publicising the game, and so pleased to see that his hard work was, you know, resulted in such a big crowd as well. He thoroughly deserved that. 
In terms of the game it's, itself, Tom, you mentioned you've got that nagging feeling in the back of your mind. The occasion might be too too much for them, but it was a sort of resounding three 0 win. Similar to the the games I've seen this season, I, I was at the the one 0 defeat to Spartans, but the other games I've seen were comfortable ones against against Dundee United and another comfortable win against against Montrose as well. How do you think that performance yesterday sort of ranked in terms of other performances this season? Because I thought they were they were very impressive. I think it's right up there with the very best. Different. I mean, I maybe from my personal point of view, my favourite performance was probably winning it. East East of Road winning against Hibs through in Edinburgh, but it was that was a different type of performance. This was dominating virtually from the the first kick to the last kick. I think they might have been a wee bit apprehensive about the size of the pitch at Firhill, but I thought they made really good use of the the full size of the pitch. And you know, I think one of the indications of just how far they've come is two three years ago, any kind of victory, we'd be jumping around singing and dancing. Now we expect this kind of result, and I think that is a big sign of the progress that they've they've made. Definitely, I thought I thought the goal scorers yesterday were sort of deserving goal scorers. They were the they were the three players along with Demi Faulkner at the back who sort of caught my eye. Who do you think stood out in a drag shot yesterday for you? I think the, she got player of the match. I think Lucy Sinclair was tremendous. What a brave header it was from a great cross from Cody here on the right hand side. Emma Lawton, who scored the third goal, and what a peach that was. She's been an absolute revelation this season. She's been absolutely tremendous. Do you know, I don't think there was one that didn't contribute. Even the subs when they came on, Vary Monroe set up Emma for that great goal at the end. She made a really positive contribution. I think they could all walk off the pitch at the end of the game and say, yep, I contributed and be happy with what they, what they put in. Yeah, I agree with that. David, I know me and you have been to a few women's games at Peters Hill um, in the last year or two. Reese, was that your first game? Was that your first women's game at, at Fahal yesterday? And, and if so, what did you make of it? Yeah, that was my first ever um, women's game, um, and I was actually really impressed. It was a it was a a really good atmosphere, and like like Tom's touched on, it was a, a brilliant performance from the team. Like you said, there wasn't a single failure. You could see what obviously Brian Graham's implemented in the team. They played good football and it was pretty one-way traffic the entirety of the game. So there would have been many there who's probably sampling the, the women's side for the, the first time. So And I, and I don't think it'll be their last. And, and I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to, to taking a trip along to Peter's Hill to see them at some point as well. So that was de- definitely a worthwhile trip. And I think it was a, a great initiative from the club to to make it free tickets. And it just it just furthered people to, to sort of go and, and, and take in one of the women's games and and I think the the women's side will, will, will reap the benefits from that in the long run. Definitely, I I'd love to see the women play it for how become an annual thing at the very least. I think the the more people that get to go and see them, the more people that will go and see them on a regular basis as well. Tom, just lastly, while we've still got you, we've been enjoying your your updates with Finney, but we've not had you on in a wee while. I think since then we've had a really impressive win away at Hibs, and then we lost at home to to Celtic, but there was a, a record crowd at Peters Hill that day. How has the last few weeks been for the women's team? There's been a bit of a break. Um, I think we had the, the game up at Aberdeen. Um, it was postponed, postponed in the, the Saturday night. We were supposed to be going up at Aberdeen on the Sunday. And then there was no game the following week. Um, so I think maybe that wee break, let's maybe give Brian a bit, give the players a wee bit of a rest after quite an intense period and Brian a chance to work with them in training. 
Um, the one that I threw, touched on that earlier, the one through in Edinburgh was, was tremendous. I would say there's probably not an awful lot of love lost between Thistle and Hibs. It was very sweet winning through there. Um, and we've got a big one coming up on Sunday. It's the quarterfinal of the, the competition name, right? The Sky Sports Cup. That's so right. We're yeah. home to on Sunday. Now, if we win that, then we're through to our second National Cup semi-final, and that would be that'd be a really big, big occasion for us. And that's when you're perhaps hoping the folk that went along on Sunday to Firhill would maybe go, oh, right, they're in a semi-final. Let's make an effort to get along to, to that. And well, the dream is you get through the semi-final and we're in a, a cup final. That would be, that'd be a, a dream come true. Absolutely, would yeah. It's a, it's a one o'clock kickoff at Peters Hill on Sunday. If you fancy it, so if you're you're free on Sunday, definitely get along to Peters Hill for that. David, do you want to come in? Yeah, I just wanted to mention. I might be wrong on this. I can't remember the combination, but one of the good things about the quarterfinals as well is I believe is it Celtic and Glasgow City have drawn each other, so you're going to avoid one of Celtic Rangers in Glasgow City. One of them are going to be knocked out. So there is a good chance that we may actually end up in the final because if, say, for example, it's Celtic versus Rangers in the other semi-final and it's us against the other team, you know, we, we've comfortably made ourselves a top-tier team and in the, the upper echelons of the top tier, I don't think that any team coming up against Fissel are to be feared, really, uh, but especially if you can avoid it, Rangers-Celtic-Glasgow City. So definitely it's a huge game on Sunday. And to win that, get to a semi-final potential against a non-top three team would be huge, absolutely huge. Yep, and just I said last a minute ago, Tom, this will be the last one. Just while we've got you, I don't think I've spoke to you on the podcast since the programme came back at the start of the season. So how how happy are you with the, the response to the return of the programme? Um, I've been absolutely delighted. One, I was actually, this makes me maybe sound a bit, bit strange, but and it was on sale for the, the Wraith Rovers game. Um, the first issue, I was kind of sitting and I was looking into the car park and I was seeing people standing in the car park reading the programme. And that got, that, that got me a wee bit emotional. I mean, it's just great to have the programme back, irrespective of who's, who's doing it. But it, that was quite quite a touching moment. And I have to say, but one thing that pains, I've always pointed out, it's the, the quality of the the contributors to it that have made it such a success so far this season, having, different, for want of a better expression, different voices, and it's, you can tell that it's not not every keystroke is, is mine, which was latterly the case when I was doing it previously. So it's got that kind of freshness. Every article's got a bit of freshness to it. And I believe sales have been good as well. So here's hoping it's here to stay. Absolutely. You're doing a brilliant job with it, Tom. I know how much hard work you're putting into it and it's 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 benefiting because the quality of the programme is great every week. And if, if you've not been buying the programmes or if you can't get to the matches, you can get the programmes delivered to your house. But if you've not picked one up yet this season, they're only £3. That's is really good value for money. So make sure you pick them up starting on, on Saturday against Morton if you haven't already. Tom, thanks very much for joining us at the start of the podcast. It was, it was good chatting with you. My pleasure. I look forward to listening to the rest of it when it's it's posted it towards the end of the week. It's Excellent. always a walking companion with me, so very much looking forward to that. I'll mute my bits, but I'll listen to the rest of it. We'll look further back now to our, the men's trip to our broth on Saturday, which was another very successful day. And the starting 11, I think I was maybe a bit nervous coming up to our broth, but I think when I saw the starting 11 with Aiden Fitzpatrick back in the starting 11, that really 
that really gave us a little boosting into the ground. Risa, I'll not ask you about the starting eleven this week. Jamie, I'll ask you, how happy were you when you saw Fitzpatrick back and how much did that boost your confidence going into the ground? Oh no, it was massive. Obviously, Fitz is a player since he's been out. I think we've really missed him. We don't really have that like-for-like replacement for him who has the same kind of turn of pace about him and that kind of trick up his sleeve where he can beat his man. Just his general quality of his all-round game. So I think he'd been a big loss. So to see him back was a big positive before kickoff. And obviously in the game, he showed why he was so important to us. Scoring a double. He also won the penalty that obviously we did miss it, but he won it. And yeah, he was just great all day. And he was, I thought he was terrorising their fullback. And yeah, he just had a good game. And I remember one instance in the first half, it's just a small little thing, a ball went over the top and he used his body really well to kind of block off their defender and then kept going and got the ball, kept it in. I think we won a corner from it or something. But it's just little things like that. He was contributing all day long, so it was massive to have him back. I'd say the only disappointment maybe on a whole was not seeing uh, McMillan back in the squad. Obviously, Dylan mentioned it in the interview, so I knew he wasn't going to be in it. But I know we're going to it. Rossini definitely filled in very, very convincingly again, which was great to see. Obviously, a big improvement in him in the last two games. And but apart from that, I was happy with the starting eleven. I was glad to see McElroy and Stanway kind of switched about in their positioning and retaining their places. Rhys, you're not going to avoid a question about a starting eleven. As as big a boost as it was for us to have been Fitzpatrick back, how big a blow was it for our both to be missing Tam O'Brien on Saturday? Yeah, just as equally as big. We all know how good Tam O'Brien is. He's, he's arguably one of the best centre-halves in the league um, and has been for many a year. Um, and he's every time we come up against Arbroath, I know we've we've had a, a few better results in, in recent years, in recent times, sorry, but Tam O'Brien is always sort of a form on our side and he's, he's managed a few goals against us as well. So when I seen that he'd picked up a knock during the week, I was I was delighted with that because they actually don't really seem to have a, a, another natural centre-half. I know, I know Aaron, Aaron Steele, I think, came in from... From right back, they just push him in one, and then obviously they, they play a midfielder and, and Stewart at right back. So it makes him a bit disjointed when when either Ricky Little or Tam O'Brien are missing out. So yeah, it was was a equally as big blow just with Fitzpatrick being in for us as Tam O'Brien being out for them. So yeah, brilliant. I think you could make a case when our both miss O'Brien and Little and for any game, that's as big a blow as any championship team can have. I think it was on the terrace their big season review at the start of the season. They said that our both struggled to sign any other centre-backs just because they're part-time and they, they usually would have, I think, the, the pick of the part-time players. But because they know O'Brien and Little will play every week, they struggle to get centre-backs at part-time who are happy just to sit on the bench. So, aye, when they're missing. I think that, I think that was key to us. I thought we played well. I think that's the best I've seen us play at Gayfield. But I think O'Brien missing really did help that because I was I was shocked how many times we get in behind, how many times we were one on one with Gaston. I I really remember that when we play our broth and we play our broth. It's normally a real slog to break them down. Like we really, well, we've never really won comfortably at Gayfield. Even the win last season, it was it was two late goals after a sort of even game. So I think that was, as you say, Reece, just as important as Aidan Fitzpatrick being back. David, what was your assessment of the game on on Saturday? Um, looking at it, I was talking to uh, Ewan Smith, guest on our pod last week about Arbroath, about the game afterwards, and he, he we kind of shared the same opinion. Uh, we, we really stamped our game on Arbroath and just basically didn't let them play. I feel that like 90% of games in the Championship come down to which team stops the other one from playing, but I feel that Arbroath are very constricted. Obviously, not having Tam O'Brien is really tough as well, but some of the stuff we were pulling out was brilliant. With CD right back was probably his best game for us. He was absolutely brilliant. We had the ball in the net five times. 
and missed a penalty. Like a real convincing, dominative performance that realistically we needed because I think people were a bit wary about how well we were doing up to this point. So having a proper statement performance like that was brilliant and hopefully will keep us in good stead. Jamie, how much of a difference do you think it made swapping Stanway and McEnroe around? I know Stanway was a bit more advanced against the air on Tuesday night, but they, they swapped back to where we'd probably expect to find them. Stanway a bit deeper with Bannigan and McEnroe playing off Graham. How much do you think that helped the team performance? Yeah, I definitely think it had a positive impact. I thought Kerr McEnroe was one of the best players in the park on Saturday. I thought he was great. It was his reverse pass that sets up Fitzpatrick's first goal. He gets the assist for Fitzpatrick's second goal and he's just as involved in everything good about us. And even though he wasn't playing quite as deep as he was against air, he was still using his body well, winning the ball back in important areas, winning us a couple of free kicks here and there. So I think he's a crucial player to the way we play. And Stanway as well, I think, just works a wee bit better deeper. I know he's he's definitely he's definitely not a bad one forward, but I think he's better utilised a wee bit further back than maybe he was playing quite advanced on Tuesday against air. So I think that suits him a bit better. And I think he just suits our general style of play and it looks like Dylan maybe is settling back for the 4-3-3 that he's kind of been very loyal to since becoming a manager so it worked well I'm glad we went back to that system and you'd assume that it'll probably be the same starting 11 from the Morton game apart from McMillan coming back in if he's fit you'd imagine or any other injuries depending but I was happy with that system and the way we worked with it. Reese who stood out for you? Who were the key performers? For me undoubtedly I think Kier McEnroy and Aidan Fitzpatrick of course with his two goals they were kind of head and shoulders above anyone on the park. Um was really impressed with the whole Fissel team. I, I, to be honest, I know David's touched on it as well, like the the multitude of the chances we had, especially in the first half. It was had two offside goals, a goal line clearance from Graham. McEnroy had a chance right after 1-0 where he was one-on-one. There were so many chances and then of course the, the missed penalty. It, it came to a point as soon as we missed that penalty, I remember turning around thinking this is going to be one of these days where we've pummeled them and no exaggeration, it could have been five or six, even seven, we were that dominant. But I just felt like, you know, both are going to get a goal here and we're not going to end up winning this. But thankfully, obviously, we, that's what I got put to ease not long later with, with Fitzpatrick getting a second and and then a both like uncharacteristic of them making a mistake at the back and, and Graham was there to capitalise on it. So now it was, it was a, a really good day, obviously. There's been, there's been many a times we've gone up there in the past and, you know, the wind machine's on and it's been a horrible day and, and just it was it was really nice to to sort of be so dominant, go there and just take control of the game. I as there was no failures at all in the Fissel team, and um, we're going we're going to touch on Wasiri soon. And I personally, I've been really critical of Wasiri, and I, I think a lot of us have. And, and I always like to give players the benefit of the doubt, and I've I've not really had that with Wasiri. I, I think like I personally don't think that he's been of the level, but I, I'm. Absolutely delighted for the guy um, the last two games. I, I thought he was a bit better on Tuesday and I thought he definitely had his best game for us at the weekend there up in Arbroath and was bit robbed of an assist off Brian Graham for not uh, busting the back of the net with that one. But I, he was really good deputising it right back. And uh, I know he was, he was at the women's game yesterday and my, my mate Jack Carson, um, who's obviously been on the pod before, he was speaking to Wasiri in hospitality and he was asking um, Wasiri if he felt alien sort of playing it right back and turns out that that's when he's actually played the, the majority of his career and he only sort of became a centre-half when he, he moved to Swansea back a couple of years ago. So that might actually be sort of an option for us if, if you know, Jack Mellon's going to be out long-term, if we can sort of build with serious confidence up. Who knows where it can take him and, and long may it continue. I hope, I hope to eat some more humble pie. 
David talked to us about the the Waziri Renaissance then because we were waxing lyrical up the back of the the Pleasureland end on Saturday about him. <laughs> well, love the use of the Pleasureland end. That's what it should be called. Um, yeah, I thought I thought he was brilliant. Much of he said. Um, it, for Waziri, I think it's, it's about building his confidence as as the weeks go by. If he can have a stint at right back where he's he's doing well, it's only going to be a measurable for him in terms of how much he's going to come come on. I think everyone at Thistle wants him to be a success. Obviously, you want players to be a success, but I think people took a shine to him early on, and he's, he just seems like a lovely guy. I mean, any sort of interaction where he's been with the fans, he just seems like the, the, you know, a lovely guy. And yeah, I thought he he was great. He, he just had a bit of a swagger about him that he never usually has, and it was really refreshing to see. And we've had it before where we've had, you know, Shea Gordon, Kyle Turner, everybody filling it right back, just doing a job. But with series performance right back was up there with any of those and it was by far his his best um game for us and I just hope it keeps going. Yeah, I agree. It was definitely his best game for us. I think he's I think he's quite, he's a player who has a lot of belief in his own ability because even when things aren't going his way, you saw it against Queen's Park he still takes risks on the ball and maybe just being in right at right back and having less jeopardy if you lose the ball in some situations is, is freeing him up. And as you say, we'll go on to speak about it when we, we preview the Morton game. If, if he could keep Jack McMillan on the bench, I think that's maybe a step too far at the moment. But it's, it's good to have that option there for the team and for him as well, just to boost his confidence. Jamie, do you want a final word on the game? Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with what's been said about Wissiri. I definitely thought it was by long and away his best performance for us. What Reese said about him playing uh, right back, I think that kind of makes sense because you could see the way he, when he, in the first half that assist he, well he didn't actually get an assist but the, fact, the moment when he almost got the assist he looked very natural the way he brought the ball down and kind of slowly slid it past the guy and put a really good ball across the face to Graham and that's the kind of thing that you wouldn't really see a big, he's like a relatively tall centre back, you wouldn't really see many of them adapt to that as well but I thought he did well so I'm glad to see that. It's good to see another, another option to have at fullback, especially if Nguyen are now injured. So, yeah, if Mellon's back on Saturday, if he's fit enough to start, he will be coming into the team, you'd imagine. But it's good to see a much improved performance from Basiri. And on the rest of the game, I just thought overall we were pretty good. Our bro Fenley had like one chance in the first half that I remember kind of being a bit nervous about was when they flashed it across the face. But apart from that, it was only really the last like five minutes plus stoppage time that they really came alive and I thought we kind of dealt with it pretty well, apart from that, defended pretty resolutely for most of the game. And as it's already previously mentioned, we're unlucky not to be walking away from that. But at least one more goal, maybe even a five, you could even say six of points, two disallowed goals. There was that McEnroy chance, missing a penalty, just stuff like that. But regardless, it's it's great victory and it's good to get another one up there and put it to end a bit of a winless run. Absolutely. I think Derek Gasson got the man of the match as well on Saturday, which which tells a story. Reese, do you want to come in? Yeah, I just want to touch on I don't know if any of you guys seen it. Um, did you see Arbroath's tweet at full time? That was virgin on Cove Rangers match report style. The lies that they were spouting. Do you not say Arbroath uh, we felt they could have left with something today? They got pumped for the minute one. That genuinely could have been six or seven with no exaggeration. Like Every quote tweet, every Arbroath fan was just slaughtering that tweet and Aye, Cove Rangers levels of pitch they're hitting it with, but aye, happy to get one over them. 
I, I hate to do this to, to my own, but I, I did listen to last week's podcast that I missed when you were talking about the Queen's Park and Air Games, and, and Reese, you're excused for this because you weren't on it either. But uh, there was there was talk that Queen's Park weren't that good against us, and, and we were okay for a point. That that was nonsense. Whoever, I think David, I'm going I'm going to call you out, David. Queen's Park battered us and should have won about six two if they had a functional striker. Um, you were saying this in the Florida Park after the I game. Wa- we, I, were we, we were, we were you, saying you that. Were better, but no, come on, no, come on, David. They should have battered us six or seven if they had a functional but striker. But they didn't because they were terrible. And, and then to compare to compare our performance at home to air to Queen's Park's performance, we were not that good at home to air. But for every bit as bad, I've not even mentioned to take that comments yet. Um, as, as bad as we were in those two games, I thought I thought we were a little bit better against there, but I, I think two points was about as much as we deserved from from both of them. I thought we were brilliant on on Saturday, as, as mentioned, Waziri best game in a thistle shot. I think that takes a lot of a lot of heart to do that after the start he's had his thistle career. He's he's not really shown any signs of that, but that was brilliant. I thought Harry Milner another good game. He was good on Tuesday night against there. Actually, he's beginning to find last season's form, which is evaded him so far this season the midfield three as we've spoken about I think that's the perfect balance for games like that when it's going to be quite high tempo I think McEnroy off the front with Stanway and Bannigan sitting that worked so well Graham I thought had his best game in weeks as well and Fitzpatrick with the two goals back from injury a, a brilliant impact from him he was he was sensational anyone want to come in with anything else about the game before we move on I know you're saying Brian Graham had his best game in weeks and it's so funny because how many times have we said on the pod, Brian Graham is the, the streakiest striker you'll ever see? Because he'll have he'll have about four games where he's he's dug me, he's ranked rotten, and then he'll score a goal. And you just know for the next four games, he's going to go on a, a run where he's going to get five goals in the next four games. And it happens constantly. All season long, he'll have four shite games, he'll have four great games. Um, so I hopefully he, he keeps this run up and he's going to, going to get a few goals in the next couple of weeks because that's just the Brian Graham way. No, I totally agree with that, Reese. Before we move on to the, the Morton game, David, do, this is your final chance to apologise for anything that took place on last week's pod. Take that comments, claims about um, scoring the last goal at the old Hamden, Queen's Park weren't that good. Anything you want to say for yourself before we move on? I said I couldn't prove that I scored the last goal at Hamden. I have no discernible way of proving this, but I'm in the running. Come on. Okay. No, nothing else. You're not gonna just. You're not gonna say. And I know you didn't make the take that claims that they were brilliant, but you were there. You could have. You could have fought back against that, and you didn't. So. I, I mean, I listen to some questionable pop music. I'm not a big take that enthusiast, but they they put on a good stage show. I, do, I, I I'm ambivalent. I don't I don't really care if it take that. Like I, I you know, um, it, yeah, like. What do you want a condemnation? I condemn yeah. Heather's take that comment. So Thank there you. we go. There Fuck we go. Out Barlow as well. <laughs> oh I I I of course. That's I all I wanted to hear. That's all I wanted to hear. Thank you. Right, well, we'll move on then to Morton at home at the weekend. This is a it's a tasty looking game. Jamie, what sort of game are you expecting from, from Morton who have had a tough start to the season at Farhill? It's I think it's difficult because I think they could do one or two things. I think they could either come and put try set in play like in a horrible football that we usually often see when we go to Capelo and just try drag us into one of their games or they could try actually just come at us play some passive football and try to get a couple of goals it's difficult to tell but I'm going to go with the former and say they're probably going to try drag us into a bit of a scrappy match which I hope that we don't kind of fall into 
because I said earlier in the season uh, when we beat Morton at their place that the first half was a bit like that, but the second half it was so satisfying to see us just actually play some of our own stuff and not get dragged into a complete ice or of a match. But I think are we doing score predictions yet? You you kick us off, Jamie, by score prediction because you you got back in the title race with a correct three one on Saturday, so you've got the honour this week. Uh, so for score prediction, I think I'll go. 3-0 Fissel. I'll give us our first clean sheet victory in a while and think we'll have enough about us to win the game to be honest. I watched the Morton Dunfermline game. Morton looked pretty bad at the back in that. I know it's a new game, new new day, etc. But they didn't look great in that and we looked good going forward on Saturday. So I feel a bit confident about this one. 3-0. Reese, we mentioned Ella how good Waziri was at right back. If, if Jack McMillan's fit on Saturday, does he come back in the team for you? And are there any other changes you'd like to see for, for Saturday's game? Yeah, without question. For for as good as we see he was at the weekend, Jack McMillan, in my opinion, is by far and away the best right back in the league. And we have missed him massively. Um the the attacking it the attacking intent that he brings to our side is 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 outstanding. The link up with him and Lawless. So as soon as we can get that back the better. Um the only way that he doesn't get back in the team is in fear of rushing him back and obviously making the injury worse than it than it initially is. So um if he's back, if he's feeling fit then he comes back into the lineup. Um, I don't think there's any questions asked. So, yeah, in terms of the game, I completely agree with what Jamie said. Um, and I actually remember thinking this the last time that we played Morton. Every time we play Morton, we're going to say the same thing because regardless of Morton's form, regardless of how they've been doing in the league, it's always the same. They approach the game against Thistle the same way every time. They try and bring us down to their level. Uh, I think that Doug Emery definitely tells him, you know, go and go and leave one on their centre halves. Get he gets me your head to sort of rile them up, um, and and you can see like if you remember back last season, I think Conor McAvoy's still recovering from the injury at, at, down at Capello, and like they will try and bring you into a, a dogfight, try and get under Brian Graham's skin, um, but you just need to hope that that we just pop them about off the park, and I think that we will. I've got to agree with Jamie again here. I think we'll win three 0 Um, I'm feeling pretty confident about this one. Um, so yeah. 3-0 David, we often speak about what we're looking for. Well, I often ask you what you're looking forward to about an away game. A home game, the, the tradition of Morton at home is Morton fans going a bit early in hospitality. Uh, are you going to factor a, an early Morton goal into your score prediction to, oh, to oh, continue absolutely. the tradition? <laughs> absolutely. Robbie Muirhead is absolutely making it 1-0 Morton. However, I mean, Morton fans were booing the team after about 90 seconds on Friday. Like, they were in top form. They are not happy. Like, they might sack Emery if, if we if we properly do them. They might press the panic button and get rid of Emery. If you can't get anybody else thinks out of any money. But I, I think you're right. I think it's going to be, it'll go 1-0 Morton. And then all the Morton fans and hospitality will give it the big one. And then, yeah, the, you know... Tale as old as time, song as old as rhyme. Morton will get beat. Um, it's like it's it's bound to happen. Score five one. Oh, fucking hell! <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I already know you what and next I week's have written this rodeo <laughs> for so long. Like we know that we've played this game so many times, but yeah, I absolutely. I, I, as I said, I'm going. That is the intro for next week. But yeah, five one Fissel. Fuck them. Bring me the head of Dougie Emery. <laughs> that that's true. He is under a bit of pressure if, if we get a win on Saturday. Um how wild is this, David? I'm in the last four of the last man standing in my work. 
uh, and I'm picking Partick Thistle this week to br- to bring me bring me the the title. Speaking of someone who lost a quarter of a million pounds on a bet on Scotland, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> and this is the worst case of you know blind loyalty I've ever seen in my life. I, you're it's an sort idiot. Of showboating over the line, pick, try to win with picking your own team, isn't it? But I'm going to go with recent Jamie. I'm going to say 3 0 as well. Uh, just sort of echo Reese. I, th- I think Morton will try and noise us up, but I think with Fitzpatrick back in the team, I think in attacking areas, we will hopefully have too much of them. So 3 3 0 is not 5 1. Absolutely nothing to see here. Before we finish with Partridge Thistle, I've got a few pod shout outs, a bit of pod admin. Uh, the Jags for Good quiz. I think David went through a few of these last week, but I'm doing it again. You can skip a minute if you don't want to hear them. Jags for Good quiz, 11th of December, again at the Three Crows. This this time we're doing it in aid of Glasgow Northwest Food Bank. Come along, form a team. Team of six is the maximum if you can more than that. Form two teams, five are ahead. Uh, last time I think the winning score was very low. It was 51 out of 90, so I'm going to make it similarly tricky this time. Lots of good rounds planned. Bit of Christmas, bit of Partick Thistle. So that'll be a good night. Make sure you come along to that. Myself and David are starting a sister podcast. That'll be Quizzle, about all things TV quiz show. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Quizzle Podcast. The first episode will be out in January and then it'll be monthly releases after that. We've already recorded one and a few excellent guests about who wants to be a millionaire. So, so make sure you follow us on that so you don't miss anything. We've already shouted out the programme. That was my notes make sure you buy a program uh, tom hosey who you heard earlier doing a fantastic job of that and reese your first newsletter for the herald went out last week do you want to tell, tell us a bit about that and how folk can sign up yeah so um i basically just got approached to to write the sort of thistle newsletter for the herald and something that i'm really looking forward to doing moving forward so yeah it's it's every wednesday um i've already wrote this week's one I'd like to get it in early uh, so yeah that'll be out on wednesday all you need to do is sign up um, I've pinned it to my Twitter profile, so if you find me on Twitter, just at Reese Halden. Yeah, the, the the link is in the the pinned tweet, and you just put your email address in, um, and you sign up for free. That means you get the newsletter sent to your email address at 6 p.m. every week. If you miss it, um, then it will be posted online for on on the Herald's online portal uh, at the weekend. So, yeah, it's weekly, um, and it's just covering all things Fissile, Basically, I've got pretty much free reign to write about whatever really so i um i'll try and do my best to to report the good stuff and in a way that that we all like to hear so yeah it should should be good moving forward yeah first one was excellent off to a really good start so i'm looking forward to this wednesday already which will be in the past if you're listening to this we will finish as we always do with partridge thistle i'm going to ask you all this week when have you been late to the party on something uh this i discovered about a month ago that you could adjust the speed of music on like Spotify and YouTube, and I'm now obsessed with listening to like music in 1.25 speeds. And I feel like I should have discovered this about 10 years ago. Uh, so I'm going to ask you when have you been late to the party on something, Jamie? I'll start with you on this one. I go a TV show. I think I answered this as a partial question ages ago. Can't remember what the question was though. But Game of Thrones because I only started watching that this year, and I feel I'm, I'm very very late on that because a lot of people, a lot of people finished that either when it came out or over lockdown or something but i'm only i'm only just finished season four so no spoilers but i've, I've heard the ending's terrible <laughs> i've not watched game of thrones david on the on the tv theme you have just started a, a planned watch through of doctor who from 1963 until present day um so you're quite late to the party on that i must say 
Is is that going to be your answer, or have you been late to the party on anything else? <laughs> I'm literally going to go and watch the last two episodes of the Daleks um, after this. But um, no, um, mine is um, social media. I generally always sign up about two or three years after a website is open. So when everyone had a Facebook, I didn't have it for like a year and a half. Still kicking about in Bebo, MySpace, all that. Um, and then Twitter, I got Twitter quite late. I don't have a Freds. I don't have a Blue Sky. I don't have any of those other stupid social media things i i kind of i'm and right in the middle of being an old man but also savvy enough where i know i can do something if i want to i just can't be bothered um but yeah i uh, social media i'm there on twitter until it dies um frankly it's it's all social media is a hellscape now it's all utterly unusable but i, I can't be bothered with any of the new ones so social media for me i'm i'm really late to that all the time I, I should say to the listeners as well, we will be doing weekly reviews of David's Doctor Who Watch this, so you've, you've got that to look forward to as well coming up. Rhys, have you been late to the party on anything? I'm trying to think. Um, I sort of re- misinterpreted the question. I was thinking, like, have we been late somewhere? Because I remember we'd done that question before, and I was I was late to this podcast tonight, thanks to ScotRail, the ever-unreliable ScotRail. I had to, to push the episode back a, 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 some 15 minutes, but in terms of what I've been late to. Now, this is a, a bit of a, a controversial one, but I, I recently read the Godfather book um, and I was reading the book for a wee while, a brilliant book, but I'd never seen the film. In fact, it's a lie. i seen it when I was very young, so I don't remember it and I didn't remember it and I still need to watch that. So technically I am I'm late to the Godfather, which came out about a million years ago. So I'm, I'm still to, to sort of give that a proper viewing. So I'm late on that one. Excellent stuff. If you've been late to the party on anything, you can always let us know on various social media sites. We will be back next week to preview, hopefully, as successful a game against Morton as we've all predicted. We've got a free week after that, so it'll just be a, a preview. The week after, we have a, an interview with, with David McKinnon that we're going to release the week after when it is the free week. So we've got lots of content coming up on Draw, Lose or Draw. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. As we've said, buy a programme, come to all the events we're running and stay safe.